0: everybody thanks for tuning in to the screw podcast we have a special guest this week they are a singer actor dancer composer and drag queen based out of new york city you can hear them on jukebox nights live every thursday at 8 p.m welcome to the screw philip mcleod aka shirley U jest welcome okay. to the screw
1: <laughs> thank you so much it's lovely to be here <laughs> I'm
0: so glad to have you. So are we speaking with Phil or Shirley? I need to know.
1: You're always speaking with uh with Shirley and Phil at the same time. It's oh, that's better. <laughs> <Classic>. <laughs> there well, well is... Shirley,
0: our two guests this evening. <laughs>
1: there is no Dana, only Zool.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I met.
1: Phil at full disclosure, a like uh a,
2: I don't know what do you call it, a BDSM event of sorts, party. Yeah, was,
1: uh that was uh, corrosion night, wasn't it? That, that was yes. when we used to do the yeah. Um Master Joshua used to run an all male BDSM and fetish night once a month. And that's, that's where yeah, I was I used to attend bars for that. Right, right. And uh um... oh, you
0: used to attend But I was gonna ask you what your participation level was you did <laughs>
2: The Uh, I I remember a little bit more of participation, but, you know, like,
0: that might been case and person specific. True, true, true. Um, So do you have any fun stories from attending bar at a BDSM
1: men's only corrosion night? Oh, I'm sure there's plenty. I I just got to reach back into my mind and figure out where they are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Are there any you're allowed to talk about? <laughs> um, nothing springs to mind right off the top of my head, but it is definitely a fun experience being behind the bar and seeing people come in and the various gear that uh, they've chosen for themselves. I think that's probably the most fun i had, besides actually participating in scenes and whatnot, is being able to see everybody walk in and in their plain Jane, vanilla, whatever uh, they came in with, and come back out wearing whatever harness or diaper or cape you decided to put on that day.
0: So the transformation was something that you enjoyed seeing. Well, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty a perfect kind of window into you as a person in general because you also do drag. Mm-hmm. And surely you just is your drag name, which is mm-hmm. obviously a piece of who you are. But um, tell us how you got into drag and what are your favorite aspects of it in general?
1: You know, I always say, like, it's hard to pinpoint when it started, because there are definitely pictures of me in kindergarten at playtime dress up, wearing a really cute lacy pink dress and a curly wig with a cute little brown purse over my elbow. Very tasteful. I just think I you know it's kinda hard to figure out because I've I spent time in DC before I moved here to New York. And I got to know some of the queens out there by doing some backup dancing, and I got to see one of their competitions backstage and talk with some queens there, that which built some interest. And then I moved out to New York when I had the opportunity, and I started working in Flaming Saddles and gossiping with the.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, I I used to be a Flaming Saddles boy. We, we used to. Yeah, so, I've so, a yeah. there before so i used to bar back there and dance on the bar top and we used to spend our free time flipping through the weekly magazines and the the quarterlies looking at different queens and seeing what was out there and being really enamored by the the scene there like I was already impressed by what drag was out in DC and then I came to New york and got to see a whole new flavor. And that's when I my interest really started to peak. And it was working there that I sort of did my brainstorming and figured out who uh, I wanted to be and talked to some friends and started, like, piecing her together. And And then I had one day where Ben Cameron put out a big post on Facebook because he runs Broadway Sessions. Uh, and he and I got to know each other over the years. And he put out this big APB that was that said, hey, is there anybody out there who's been thinking about doing drag, has always wanted to do drag, has been planning on So I said, I have been simmering on this lady for a while. I've been meaning to debut her. And he said, great, why don't you be our rising star for the week? Nice. Said, Perfect. That sounds marvelous. So I, I got myself all dolled up and I got two parody songs put together and I sang in this Lucille Ball kind of red wig thing, and it was just magic from there.
0: Amazing. That's
1: beautiful. Speaking of your music, so you have some
2: vinyl like available for sale, and I have to say like, I'm so curious, what, what type of music do you actually do?
1: What I've been writing mostly over the last couple of years has had a very heavy jazz and theatrical influence to it. It's very show tunes kind of style. Mm -hmm. I, uh, several years back, when I wrote some music, I submitted an application to the BMI workshop to see if I could get into their classes, to no avail, but Uh uh, I had some music then on hand, and I, I just, I haven't had the chance to figure out what where it goes or how to produce it or put it you know it, it every, everything takes time and money it's really it was that old saying uh, something artistic can be done quickly cheaply or um something i can't remember but <laughs> 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 Goodness, <what's> a... <laughs> anyway it's, like, it's a long I... roundabout way to, <laughs> to say that i have been trying to figure out what it, where the music's going and i spent this time in quarantine trying to figure that out and mm-hmm. uh, i kept returning to some to my the stuff that i had completed and i said i'd love to make something new so i submitted to this project called Lista of val brooklyn studios they have one of the rare machines that are left that do music directly from audio to vinyl normally these days you know you have pro tools or audio equipment you can do drop-ins and then create a digital file and then you if you want to put it on vinyl they snap it onto vinyl and and make a completed product this is one of the only machines they have left i think in the entire u.s that does uh, its own like musical snapshot it's why uh, they're all on seven inch vinyl. They actually uh, sold out of the copies, uh, I'm sorry to say. So
2: ah, uh, nice. but, got-
1: <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're seven inch vinyls that like I had to be careful on one song because they're like, okay, it's like four minutes and fifty five seconds. It's we're almost gonna cut off of the vinyl.
0: <laughs> right, right. You don't think <laughs> so much time. Right. Yeah.
1: Wow.
2: I guess that's okay. uh, when Size Matters.
1: I guess. <laughs> but it was such a, a neat thing. And it, it pushed me to, because I had the three songs and I said, you know, I'd love to finish something new this year so that I could have something to produce for that, to, to just add to the collection. So I finished a, a little torch song that I'm really proud of called It's Not the Same Without You. Uh, and I, I found such a, a joy in piecing that together and going and seeing some friends uh, who run the Episcopal church on 46th street because I don't have a piano here like I really wanted to do it so I uh, I was able to broker a little uh, truce with the uh, Episcopal church and go <laughs> play <laughs> on there yeah I like <laughs> on their, board uh, board piano chair. in their chapel yeah.
2: <laughs> that's too funny so so you made um uh, and like you know I, I've always thought you were wonderful but like you know I didn't realize like you know you seem like kind of a big deal like 172 on the thought list and like I'm like reading it, and this is like this is so exciting like I know this person and they like you know they're coming off well and like they're getting a name for themselves in the in the
1: world and like you know how did that feel
2: like seeing that
1: I felt so gratifying I'm not gonna lie like there's, for as much as I'm uh, pushing myself to make things happen, like the what you don't see behind it is the are the times when I'm you know sitting at home waiting for something to happen, counting ceil- ceiling tiles, trying to figure out like yeah. how to pass yeah. some time. Cause the I I will not lie, I've had to deal with my own baggage and my own anxiety and stuff. But but mm-hmm. I think that's what what saved me was doing all of this creativity. I, I had something that no matter what I was feeling, I said, I, I have to pick up and do this. Like, uh, and I credit my wonderful partner, David, for sticking by me with that and helping me uh, push into that. But seeing that, you know, we don't, we don't try to chase awards and, and accolades if we can, but, it really is gratifying to to see on that list that, that someone's taking notice, that someone yeah. it, it looks around and says, Yeah, you are working hard. You are doing something that is worth taking notice. That, right. that was so flattering and, and wonderful for me to, to just see. Well, you deserve it for sure. You've done I do. Very much appreciate it. Like
0: the continue creating in this kind of environment. Not only is it really hard under the COVID restrictions, and also just having to be careful, but it's also hard with mental health situations. It's really hard for people to even find, you know, any kind of inspiration, motivation, or motivation. Like getting up and washing your ass is a whole ass accomplishment these days. So, (laughs) so what I want to ask you is, you know what are some of the different different ways that you've kind of migrated from, you know, the reality of having live performances into this COVID world? And how have you kept yourself afloat mentally? Because I think a lot of people could really use some inspiration right now, if you uh, have any
1: to give, at least. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I, uh, You know, when the pandemic started, I, I said to myself, you know, I don't do well just sitting still all the time i there there is something to be said for just keeping the creativity generating Uh, and whether it's good whether it's bad you you have to let go of that and i think that's something that this pandemic really taught me i i will admit openly that i have a perfectionist streak that keeps me from uh, doing, thing, doing some things or taking some chances and I say fuck that take the chances take the the moment that you say oh I'm not sure go ahead and jump in because you, whether it's good or whether it's bad you are producing something and putting something out into the universe There, there is a lot to be said for simply creating to let yourself be creative and just have something to mm-hmm. keep the brain percolating, even if it's just uh, singing to karaoke.
0: Oh, yeah. Because, that's <laughs> <laughs> Like, you,
1: you never know what sort of extra creativity is going to spiral out of that by having yourself constantly just, it, it's like... Any sort of workout that you do at the gym, the more you do it, the more you go running or lifting or do pushups, you're going to improve. You're going to tone yourself and it's going to look better and better the more you do it
0: to say you know the comparison to the gym reference that makes me think of like muscle memory the more you do it the more it becomes muscle memory so absolutely i know when i wake up at a certain time of the day my creative juices are flowing more so when i wake up at a different time which just so happens to be you know earlier equals better so you know things like waking up at a certain time keeping yourself on schedule things like Mm -hmm. that i feel like have helped me i know it's not always the answer to everything because creative and creativity flows differently for different people. Yeah. But one thing I found for myself is like that muscle memory thing is, okay, if we wake up at six, we're funnier. We wake up at 12, we're not, you know? Cause I'm like, right. to wake up at noon, you, you know? Yeah.
1: And yeah. it just came back to me that uh, the, in order to let yourself be creative, you have to let yourself be ready. I have had times where I have to tell myself, you know, go take a dance class or, go warm up and sing something keep your you know keep yourself constantly ready by working on yourself by practicing by rehearsing by um having something ready to show somebody because you never know when that thing that you're putting out is going to be the time when somebody's watching
2: well said yeah Mm -hmm. And, and i think that that is you know it's something right now too like and you know uh and one of the reasons I wanted you know to have you on the podcast and I think we were talking about it's just like you were standing out in a sea of stuff going on in like these COVID times where I was like wow you know like this bitch is busy like that's that's great to see it's great to see like that energy going on because you know I you know we talk a lot about it here like you know people are struggling right now there's a lot of isolation going on there's a lot of like self-doubt there's a lot of like you know you know resource limitations and 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 people are just trying to figure out how to stay safe but also stay sane and like creativity does you know have to be a part of that you know And, and and it's everything for you know why we're trying to (laughs) be better at our podcast, you know, which we like forget sometimes in the like (laughs) heat of like stress and what's going on. You know, like we are real people too. Like some weeks we're not feeling it and you 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 don't want to come on and just sound like a Debbie Downer. Like you don't want to perform as a Debbie Downer. None of these these things are like all that inspiring. And if you're not inspiring, you're not entertaining.
0: comes a point where acting doesn't quite cut it and then you just realize you need to take a a break and that's okay too sometimes taking a beat is okay Mm -hmm. but knowing how to like regain that you know (laughs) sorry knowing how to regain that artistic flow and that motivation is important too so it's i mean i'm proud of you i'm proud of everybody that i'm speaking to right now because y'all have kept yourselves afloat in times where it's really fucking hard and some days i'm like like it was tough for me today there were, i've made like 25 excuses getting out of the house you know and finally i was like okay i'm on my way <laughs> I, I didn't really like want to leave right? right who wants to leave the house but then you do and then you're like this feels better than not you well
2: know? and that's kind of a good pivot like i mean I imagine that you were much more used to performing live and doing live appearances. And, like, now all of a sudden, like, you know, one has to really, like, my biggest concern is always, you know, like, like, I've said this before, but, like, I seriously, for the first time, watched RuPaul's Drag Race, like, last week. And I know I'm like very late to the game, but like <laughs> because I'm always a critique of these things, it's like the the economics of drag performance, like I'm I don't feel heavily represented on that show, and you're not really seeing. I mean, you're seeing the class difference because obviously some queens have like better stuff and better materials and better skills and better talents that they would be better. just
0: the wig alone, right? <laughs> Your exactly. wig is your, like, it's the first thing I feel right. like people say. It's like judge. a signature. And if you have a bad wig, that's it. Yeah. Done. And it's like you're immediately like a joke to people. Like, right. wigs are fucking expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cheap, but yes. wig application is expensive. It's a whole ass process. And makeup you is know very expensive. Yes. Yeah, stage makeup, especially drag makeup, is extremely expensive, but like, Holy wig expense! <laughs> yeah. You know, makeup is meant to kind of come off at the end of the, right. s- the situation, so you have enough to kind of spread yeah. out. But if you way fuck up one wig, yeah. you're fucked. Sorry, right. I, I'm mm. talking like a drag <laughs> you know, I can't even All imagine. Time. I can <laughs> the expenses of that. So, yeah, like yeah. that alone just right. stands out to me as something that I'm sure so many people. Feel like they can't do because of their financial
2: right. situation. So that being said, like, have you? Is like, there like
0: a drag queens us for people? <laughs> right. And, like get, like great wigs for cheap <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> right, and
2: how like, that like impact with COVID, like especially with opportunity and and, and financially.
1: It's been very interesting to try and navigate that. I there there have been times when I've had to redirect myself or. Uh, try and find uh, some local places. I I like some local shops lately. There's a a great dress shop that's around the corner and there's a great wig and makeup place that's down on 14th Street. There's also a a great wig distributor called Mix Angel. But, you know, it's it's really the online stuff that's the problem because a lot of those uh, wigs come from overseas. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see that impact where there's a lot of um storehouses that aren't being or, or that weren't replenished at least to start and there's a lot of pla- uh weak places that were like oh we can't deliver or we can't uh, put it through because most of our stock is coming over from like china uh, mm-hmm.
0: it,
1: it was interesting to see that kind of macroeconomics at play and right how, and how that kind of trickled on down to the local scene and and i had to take a look at finances and uh, I had to go through some stuff and be very selective about what I picked and what I found. Uh, I was very grateful to have um, again my, my partner David. We've been leaning on each other a lot for this and he's been uh, helpful in that department but being able to do drag in this kind of environment it's it's really such a strange animal now and I'm very interested to see how a lot of that plays out we we've really had to take leaps forward in order to make drag accessible in the 21st century during a uh, a health crisis right. and i i like seeing a lot of the the different variants that people come up with not just in what kind of show they produce but in, in the like, I love seeing the drive in drag. I think that's such a wonderful wow. invention. Yeah, that's so innovative. Mm-hmm. And the, someone put an interesting thought in my head about how, you know, now that we have uh, this uh, crisis that's becoming our norm and we're, we have uh, online supporters that are growing, like, there's nothing that says we can't either take that audience with us or uh, continue to to house that online support because now there's a a true audience for it. Right. Like, there's there's a dedicated pipeline there that if if we're not tapping, then we're not seeing.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I I think, like, especially these days, like, people really need to feel like there's an accessible world. Everything feels, like, kind of surreal. And, like, people are, like, you know, kind of like struggling for the idea of control and like a very, you know, kind of shaky, you know, non-solid, non-stable kind of reality. And I think, you know, part of that is being able to connect to people and ideas and spaces of where people are surviving it. There's a reality going on and and it looks different than before, but it is here and it is hopeful, you know, and that mm-hmm. no, not everything is going to look the same. We're like forever changed in many ways. You know, Well,
0: I think people are also currently dying to suspend their disbelief mm-hmm. and be entertained long enough to forget what's going on up right. there which I mean. is why there is still a need for entertainment that's why drive through strip clubs and drive through drag and drive through fucking christmas displays that's why all of these different forms of entertainment yeah. from the top to the bottom are all sort of flourishing right now because people had to get innovative and creative yeah. And if you don't have that motivation, it's really easy to see why places are flopping, but also it's difficult to see places, you know, thriving this, in this new kind of reality. And, like, as a germaphobe, like I am, I'm all about <laughs> it. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's keep up these plastic screens forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? You know, yeah, no, I think that's an, uh brings up an interesting point about how there, there's people out there with certain proclivities or certain anxieties or certain health problems where they are immunocompromised or perhaps they have a severe agoraphobia or or germophobia like we are opening up some channels to some people who really are homebound
2: absolutely Mm -hmm. that is
0: and i don't um I don't, I'm not super out about this, but hey, wh- what better than the screw to come out about us? Like, I, I do have a splash of agoraphobia, and while COVID sort of lends itself to me, uh, it also fucking, it fucks me up, because then everybody else is stuck in the house with me, and also have <laughs> human phobia so like it's like this like whole like wait but i said i want to be inside alone (laughs) so like it's it's definitely this interesting thing that now i can find this entertainment form online where normally i'd be having to get dressed up and get to the wrestling show in person and now i can just go watch it online and it's fucking cool so
1: well, it isn't interesting that it is coming on the heels of the streaming revolution. We are like everything we own now uh, in terms of movies and television comes right. through some sort of streaming channel. And Netflix broke down that wall and then everybody had to follow suit and everybody got their own TV channel. And now we're kind of extending through the rest of human civilization. <laughs> right. Yeah, Uh, and now
0: I can watch literally 24 hours of murder shows on the (laughs) ID network, and my boners are bigger.
1: Uh, (laughs) uh,
0: Speaking of boners, let's change the (laughs) subject. Gives everybody in the room the biggest boner.
1: Uh, um, that's a really good question. Yeah.
0: And I want to, and, and, and. Perennians. Perennians. Perennians.
1: A view of Perennians. You love a so bad
2: cool. Okay. I yeah. love a good, <laughs> I love a good brutal honesty. Make. That gives
0: you a bone, yeah, up. In does. 2021, I mean, it does. You know? It's it like the new year, new now,
2: you know what? Because like I've done
0: everything, and the one thing
2: like that I'm still die for because so few people can like actually supply it is like honesty, brutal honesty. Fuck yeah,
0: fuck yeah. yeah. That's kind of sexy. Brutal honesty is sexy, and, then, and I
2: mean that, and not just like you know. like like, I mean I mean that sexually as well like what is the brutal honesty of your desire like people do not strip down to that very often they like touch upon different like variants of different like activities they like but like what does your desire look like where does it stem from how is it created that gives me a (laughs) thought next hard to follow that one
1: Uh... yes (laughs) um biggest boner oh my goodness um probably checking your privilege
0: uh, <laughs> Oh, sexy.
1: That, gives a, that gives me a nice You're big boner, boner So yeah. yes. <laughs> Seriously. right oh, when yeah. you say things like i uh, i know i will never understand because of my race <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes
0: perk so i feel you there I was gonna say I was gonna say something jokier and different, but now that you said that, as a as a white woman, obviously that's not my answer, but my answer is like the understanding of the woman's reality especially if I'm with like a cis hetero man or something like that my partner right now like is so understanding of my like womanly reality like oh babe oh your period's tomorrow chicken wings tonight like what a cutie (laughs) get some dark chocolate up in here but like he's just like that's I don't know like there's something about the nonchalance of Mm. Yes, I have a period, and I have a day where, like, my tits might lactate if you squeeze them too hard, and I have another day where I'm going to be mad at you about, like, the toilet paper being on the the roll the wrong way. You know, (laughs) stupid shit like that, without it being this big pop of motherfucking circumstance, that's such a boner to me, I will will say. Oh, that's beautiful. Because sometimes people forget that I I do, you know, I do the womanly thing, where I bleed and stuff, you know? They just think I'm this rock or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> boy, put <laughs> so, so that's my boner is when people remember that I'm actually like a plushy little teddy bear on the inside. Speaking <laughs> of so boners, you're OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes! <laughs> I am now to my subscriber.
2: <laughs> Up next, after the break, we jump into a discussion about Phil and his OnlyFans. Be sure to stick around.
0: This week's episode is sponsored by Cookies for Breakfast, a Pursuit of Pleasure podcast. We know how much you love hearing all about sex, and we know you love hearing about it from a new and sexy perspective. And we also know you're sick of hearing about it from just our voices. Want more sex, current events, and pop culture? Be sure to check out comedian Spark Taper's podcast. And if you just can't get enough, make your way to his boner. (laughs) I mean, bonus episodes out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash SparkTabor. That's S-P-A-R-K-T-A-B-O-R.
2: And now back to The Screw with special guest Phil McLeod. Um,
0: Like, yeah.
2: So what's up? Like, have you been on there for a while? Because we're all about like
1: that kind of like yeah pimp yourself uh, uh, <laughs> well i really just started pushing content i i've been thinking about it and mulling it over and i've been tur- turning the the thoughts over in my head of, about what i was doing and i i really when i i make big decisions i spend a lot of time pla- uh, planning it out and thinking about it and coming out from every facet uh, and this one took a long time. <laughs> but yeah. I, I finally said, this is the moment, this is the time. And it was especially over this overarching ear that the thought really kept cre- creeping to the back of my head because I, I really had to come to the reality that I was out of work, that I, I do freelance stuff and I do stuff that's on my own schedule, and I have, but I have day job work that wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, when uh, now David's going to be returning back to work soon, but there was a period where they had they truly did shut down the restaurant that he works at, and so we we were both going on uh, double zero income. And I said, "Well, what the hell would be the problem if I <laughs> actually like push something like that? Because this is something that." I've really taken the time to understand the scope of with not only what it means to be a part of the sex worker industry, which is something that I I already partake in as a a dom and somebody who is in the scene, but in truly monetizing that, commoditizing myself and uh, being that public to Mm. the rest of the world uh, and uh, tacking on with that truly the importance of what gay porn is to uh, and and queer porn is to the community and realizing what a symbol of activism that truly is even unto itself okay there, there's so much in our in our history about criminalizing who we are uh, where we can have sex who we can get married to what we can look at that gets us off. Like the, the amount of policing that goes on in our world, it's a wonder that gay porn has survived at all. Yes. That's so that's one of those things that I, I said, well, yeah, uh, you know, this is a way to um, take care of my bills. This is a way to keep on monetizing myself and uh, mo- monetizing my skills. But it is also something that is kind of important the we are living in a uh, a world that um is cut off from the rest of society where our uh, our sex education already is like nah. laughable, <laughs> laughable. Well said. so part part of what i want to do with my only fans is uh provide instances of weird queer sex and Fuck uh, yeah. be be a little uninhibited with myself, and, and say, you know, this is a jerk off, this is a threesome, this is me beating someone, this is someone beating me. Like this is very uh, gloves are off kind of thing, and I, I think that's important. Instructions. A what now? Do you
0: do jerk off instruction videos?
1: <laughs> I have uh, taken to doing some solo sessions, but I, I haven't done any true instruction yet. <laughs>
0: oh two JOI videos I'm telling you that's my number one seller on many vids and I swear on my fucking life out of like I'm not kidding like we don't I feel like most of us don't see that we don't understand the side of it because we're not on that side of jerk off instructions but I swear to god it's my number one seller so make your instruction anyways if people want to find your only fans where do they go to find you <laughs>
1: Well, the easiest way would be to go through uh, my Twitter handle. I, it's kind of an interesting feeder from uh, what I was doing before. I, I made a, a Twitter handle under Phil underscore Fix-It because I, I made a uh, clothing optional maintenance repair business. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That sounds like something I thought
1: about doing a year ago. I have had, I I don't mind telling you, I have had some clients uh, and people who are vetted and people who um, I've had plenty of conversations with and, you know, do you, uh, we're leaving masks on, what are we doing? You know, it's all been very careful and very above board, but I've had some clients where I've cleaned some homes and I have hung some pictures and I have done it all without my clothing that's yes. amazing. Is beautiful so
2: it and it's uh it's underscore p-h-i-x-i-t
1: right yes Yeah. Uh, it, uh, in sort of a phonetic kind of way <laughs> yeah yeah phil underscore yeah the P-H. yeah i started because the, the the uh the profile <laughs> is uh fix it phil that that's my my moniker my label for for my nude repair is fix it phil so the the handle is <laughs> <still> <laughs> the fix it. is just given me a that's
0: my second love like
2: <laughs> right. so so like I, you know one of the things i do find fascinating and i don't want us to like end speaking to you without like you know talking about it kind of explicitly is you have this like kind of world of that you uh kind of interlope with as well in the pro dom world as well as like the drag entertainer world these are kind of like seemingly two very opposite kind of realities in many ways but like you know seemingly starting to become not so much two opposite
1: realities right Right.
2: how does that balance like how like like why all of this for you
1: well it's been a really interesting journey trying to see where the intersectionality is for me i think there's a lot to be said about doming in drag and providing some different gender twists in, in what uh, what I'm doing and what is, is done and what can be done. There, I think that there's a lot of intersectionality in that that, uh, that is worth exploring and seeing how different activities and different fet- fetishes provide a different perspective when they're done by a different gender or a different form or so you know, there's a lot of variants that uh, come with that. They, and I think that's very fascinating. The, all of this has been sort of a, an interesting study for me to see how to help people, how to be, be themselves or do different things or provide the environment for them to be themselves. Because I think there is a lot in BDSM that shows us, things that are going on in our head that we weren't aware of before the it provides us a safe space to search in an environment that we may not be in, be comfortable with that maybe it has a lot of danger to it or uh, the, uh, or something that we can uh, completely take the danger out and make it something that is, that we are uh, safely exploring for ourselves and uh, finding uh, finding out some different discoveries. I think that the it's not even so much as a balance as it is how they all work together. What I'm doing is all part of the same experience. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that kind of weaves and uh, feeds back into itself. And you know, it, it was you you made me think of this workshop that I went to some number of years ago. The there was a a woman who w- was giving this business workshop for uh, actors uh, and people who are uh, getting into the entertainment industry. And she talked a lot about how, you know, she, she was like, last month I made $2,000 uh, doing a commercial where I, I just flipped my hair for 20 <laughs> minutes. It, it's a, it was a shampoo commercial, she says now, I'm uh, she's like I have two masters degrees I speak four languages <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> I am I am a lot of things but it's okay that I I uh, made $2000 flipping my hair because that's something that's under the umbrella that I I put for uh, for myself uh, oh, she, sure. she made she said you can make yourself more accessible if you put yourself under the umbrella of an entertainer Uh, And thinking about that more and thinking about how that really covers so much, I I thought what a wonderful way to build that up. There are so many different ways that I maybe not necessarily perform, but take on a certain role or take on a, a specific job that fulfills a certain requirement. There's so much I'm putting under that same umbrella to sort of keep myself moving absolutely that's
0: great that's a really yeah. good mantra for just entertainment in general and i definitely feel that because i try to just put my hand in whatever fucking thoughts come along that don't that aren't like morally unsound basically <laughs> like, no sex pass let's do it Woo-hoo! you know <laughs> and then i'm like what the fuck am i doing voicing like a character in a cartoon of a wrestling thing with the but you know and it's just like what? okay fine fuck it whatever it's a paycheck So I I
1: definitely like that, that way of thinking for sure. Well, and and that's, I think that speaks to so much of the industry that people come down on where they're like, oh, you wanna be a stage actor and that's all you wanna be and you'll never make it and you'll you'll starve (laughs) on, no. That's one thing of one part of the industry. There's so many different things that people do to, to survive. They, uh, there's Broadway actors who do commercials, and there's film TV people who, who uh, have you their own uh, product line. Like exactly. The more that you do, the more that you put under that same label, the more you can reach out into the world. Yeah, we always talk about
2: it here as like throwing darts, like like everything is on the table for an idea, and like everything that we can try, let's try, and like not work. I thought that was work. the
0: comparison we made to my pussy, like throwing darts I mean, on a board, yeah, hot dog down, down a hallway. a you, you wow. hot dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: so, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 Anytime we
0: talk for too long in a serious subject, I just break up. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much shape the subject but
2: you know I I I really I really respect like somebody who's out there and, and and entertaining you know I've always respected Felicia for this like you're carrying on a like very public persona while also carrying on a like a sex work career on some level and like you know and and those kind of realities and clashes you know have always been like I think what does change people's minds in the world like these are everyday people like living a hustle in a world that like makes a promise that it doesn't deliver on so like you have to do what you have to do and that's what we're all doing so why like let's take away the shame around it let's take away the nonsense and the fucking negative commentary and just get down to supporting each other because we each other are not the enemies like we don't have that kind of power to be your enemy.
0: <laughs> so. Before we wrap things up, I have to ask if I were to see Shirley, you best. Today, best. live. You, you best. Surely you now best. Now you're <laughs> Surely you best. I like how I beat your name into another name. That's crazy. I <laughs> am
2: in trouble on RuPaul for calling Chaz Bono, Chad Bono, oh. over and over again. I'm only in season six, so I'm Aaron's like,
0: Aaron's yeah. now in season six. <laughs> he just that shit, and I'm like, hey, you know Alaska? And he's like, who? And now he's like, you know Alaska? If, <laughs> surely you jest. I'm so sorry. My bad. That was, but I am very drunk. Um, if I were to come see, say, COVID was not a thing, and I were to mm. come see, surely you jest and you best it live in performance tonight. What would I expect? What should I
1: expect to yeah, see? Yeah. What would it be like? Interesting. Well, you would certainly expect some live singing. That's something that I. I do a lot. Oh. I, I love to sing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You would get uh, some comedy mixes that I love. I, I do a lot of comedy mixes around pop culture and TV and stuff, The like very fast-paced, moving, whatever, and Bondillion kind of stuff. Hell oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You would get some slapstick silly faces and waving arms around. <laughs> and, And there's almost always a a spot where I I get to just sing, sing a sweet song for a moment, something that is usually just for me, just for funsies, but something that gives a little heart for the rest of the room. And, And generally just some joyous laughter. And smiles. Fuck yeah, that!
2: It's a very tour song trilogy. I love like like the energy to it. Like it's beautiful. Thank
0: you. Well, I definitely want to come out and see you in live and in person when that's a thing again. I'll Absolutely. have to check you out on live on live. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I am officially <laughs> wasted potatoes. Jukebox. Uh, jukebox night live uh, Thursdays, eight p.m. There Easter. you go. See, I'm. not... <laughs> fucked up I'm just partially fucked up and that's where I will check you out in the meantime and also on your OnlyFans what's your name on your OnlyFans again
1: it's Philip Linwood it's kind of a feeder from my my dom file and my my other file by my uh, my other twitter uh, handle so it's Philip Linwood That's your OnlyFans. Okay, so if
0: I wanted to subscribe for my monthly subscription, I will go to Philip Linwood.
1: Thank you. Just
0: wanted to make sure we got that covered today because that's important. People might be listening that would be interested to jerk off to you and or, you know, spank their... I was gonna say something disgusting about a pussy again. I really need to stop with the gross use of <laughs> is there, is there, is there? Like, I never say anything nice about a vagina. I'm like, if you wanna, you know, finger your swap hole, like, why does it have to be something so disgusting? Why can't I just be you know? You want to <laughs> grind on your pillow. That's what we usually do. We what would grandma say? What grandma Grandma said, Felicia, no, boy, <laughs> i young.
2: Um, because we're big on this here, is there any organizations you want to pimp out? Anything you support? Any, and, and like, obviously, anywhere we can, you know, listeners can follow you at and look for UX and any upcoming events and all of the above.
1: Excellent. Uh, but yes, I have uh, my... Thursday night online show. This week I'm taking off to do some other uh, projects, putting together stuff, but uh, I will be back. Uh, I'm doing a, a best of video to put out some material, but I will be back live for the next Thursday. Um, nice. I I have a, a nonprofit that I pieced together that I'm trying to find some uh, Figure out what needs to happen for this next year. We started doing a little bit of fundraising, and it's it switched when the George Floyd murder came about. We we decided with it came so quickly after it that we decided to throw our support behind the bailout fund. Okay, so we funneled our uh, funds into there to uh, kick things off because we we started the September before there before then, but we're trying to figure out some new ground and figure out what, what needs to go on from here. Our main focus is on drag though. The the name, of the, the name of the organization is misgivings.org. Okay. And, and it's a, an organization that is designed to promote and proliferate uh, art uh, the art and drag artists. So, uh, there's so much different drag out there that you know, I I love RuPaul's Drag Race and what it has done for mainstream drag but there's still a lot of drag out there that is not represented and Uh, there's a lot of uh, drag artists especially right now that are trying to figure out what they need to do to take care of themselves and to keep on making a living and this organization is the response to that to try and raise the money and create grants and give uh, be patrons to drag artists so that we can continue to build the art form. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. That's
0: fantastic. We'll definitely be sure to link all of that and also your social media for anybody that didn't catch it earlier. What's your social media?
1: You can find me under on, on my Instagram on Think Out Loud, Loud L E O D because it's uh, my last name. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anywhere you search Shirley jest, Shirley U period J E S T. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook and on YouTube. I've got a channel there that's under Shirley and Philip McLeod. There's a, a whole bunch of, this is what I I blame uh, gender fluidity on. Now I've, I've got a whole bunch of different names to put under. <laughs> <of>. <laughs> I, I'm all sorts of things <laughs> depending <laughs> on what I'm doing that day.
0: Lots of ways to find you, but we'll be sure to link everybody to every single one. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you being on so much and you know we look forward to continued conversations with you
0: again thank you so much for being on our show phil mccloud slash shirley <laughs> you yes. just thank you for being on the crew. Yeah. please come back some other time we definitely need to have you on again we have so much more to ask you but we talk a lot so then it comes back <laughs> like an hour you don't want to take up too much of your time So, we'll definitely have you on in the future if you are down. And thank you again.
2: We're giving you a Happy New Year's cheer. Happy New
1: Year's. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for having me on this. This is absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad that you are continuing to be the queer voices out there that are uh, doing the hard work. Like, it's absolutely wonderful. Thank you for having me on. I would absolutely uh, beyond in a, again in a heartbeat because oh. i'm sure we have plenty more to talk about oh i know exactly. we didn't yeah. even
0: scratch the fucking surface
1: that was like a literal
0: intro of you and was like, yeah. i was like holy shit there's so, so much, so much <laughs> I literally thought myself being like, "Fuck, I don't even." Fuck. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So thank you for being (laughs) like the easiest guest in that sense that we've ever had. But um, yeah, you
1: have a lot to talk about, which is so fantastic. So thank you so much again for being on. Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) Have a wonderful, wonderful night. This is absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank thank you. you. No, thank Thank you. you. Bye, Bye, baby. Bye. Bye. Bye.